Welcome to the Link to Prevention podcast, hosted by the KSARC Prevention Team. On today's episode, we are going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and also about what we are hoping to accomplish with this podcast. My name is Chris Johnson. I am the Director of Prevention Services with King County Sexual Assault Resource Center. I started here in 2002 as a prevention specialist and worked for seven years in that position. And then in 2009, I went back to graduate school, University of Washington. I got my MSW and returned to KSARC in 2016 as a trauma therapist and worked for five years doing trauma therapy with kids and adults. And then at the end of 2021, I switched back into the prevention field uh, and I'm thrilled to be back in it. Uh, I'm now going to kick this over to my other colleague, uh, Jessica, and so she can tell you a little bit about herself. Hello, everybody. My name is Jessica Coles. I am a prevention services specialist at KSARC currently. Um, I graduated in 2016 from Eastern Washington University with a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology and Criminal Justice, and I started out working with uh, homeless youth uh, at Nexus Youth and Families. I was a case manager and then I was a street outreach coordinator. So me and my partner would go and connect with youth uh, where they were on the streets and get them connected to services, bring them back to shelter, um, all that stuff. And then I moved over to KSARC in 2019, I started on as a legal advocate and I was a legal advocate for three years. And then I moved over to prevention in March of 2022. And I've been working here ever since. (laughs) Hi, my name is Hannah Pepin. I am a prevention services specialist like Jessica. Um, I graduated from college in 2019. While I was there, I interned in the Office of Sexual Violence Prevention and Advocacy, which got me definitely on the path of wanting to work in sexual violence prevention eventually. After I graduated in 2019, I went to grad school pursuing clinical mental health degree uh, at Boston College School of Social Work. Uh, After graduation, I worked as a mental health therapist, working with predominantly adolescents, Um, and decided to kind of pivot and begin working in prevention with KSARC this past spring of 2022. So I'm very excited to be back in sexual violence prevention work. The Link to Prevention podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about the title of this podcast. How did the name of this podcast come about? So I think in our initial conversations about what we wanted to name the podcast, we realized that we wanted a name that really encompassed the work that we were trying to do. Um, And the link to prevention came from conversations we had about a bridge and connecting um, and is a multi-layered explanation for our real purpose behind even creating the podcast and what we're hoping uh, to do with it. So the first layer is using the podcast itself as a link and the conversations that we're having. So things that we're taking from classrooms, conversations we're having with students um, and the education and bringing that and connecting it with their parents and guardians through the use of this podcast. The other link is everyone uh, and you all who are listening. So we know everyone has a role to play in preventing sexual violence and you all probably are already acting in preventative ways. You already are all playing your role in just having conversations about boundaries, respect, and relationships with your kids. So now that we have a better understanding of the name we picked for this podcast and who we're trying to reach, 
Chris, can you talk a bit more about the project that this podcast is connected to? Making Prevention Possible is the name of our program. And this is a multi-year, multi-session approach to ending sexual violence. And we are going to be in the Renton School District uh, for the next couple of years with this program. Now, this project was sort of sparked from the passage of Senate Bill 5395 in 2020, which required schools in Washington State to provide comprehensive sexual health education to all students K through 12. Now, this new state requirement also includes very specific elements that are required to be part of this uh, education. Um, specifically, some of those elements are things that fall right into KSARC's expertise, affirmative consent, boundaries, healthy relationships, bystander intervention, and looking at safety, both in the real world and in online spaces. Uh, and these topics or have all been included in this legislation as a way to combat the very high rates of unwanted sexual contact uh, experienced by youth in our state. So I know that the two of you have already been at Risden Middle School this year, and you've already completed your first lesson for all the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders there. Um, I am curious, and I bet our listeners would be curious too, like how do you walk into a space, into a room full of middle school kids, and start having a conversation about consent. Like, what is the groundwork you have to sort of provide when you, the first time you walk into that room? What does that look like? To answer that question, we kind of have to go back a little bit um, to before we walk into classrooms. During the summer, we did an all-staff training um, at RISDEN. For an hour, um, we went and talked to teachers, counselors, admin about what it is that we we're going to be talking about, uh, how best to support students, how best to respond to potential disclosures, um, and basically how to get in contact with us if necessary and get people connected to services if that is something that comes up. Um, and so we really wanted to start this conversation by giving the adults in the space uh, the language, the information, and the resources that they need to to start having these conversations with the students in their lives. Um, and that kind of was the groundwork for leading us into the classrooms, I think, because the teachers in these spaces already have established relationships with their students. So they were kind of able to to do those initial introductions and field those initial questions from students about who we are, what we're doing, why we're coming into the school, um, and kind of prepare students ahead of time for when we were going to be there and a little bit about what we were going to be talking about. And I think that by providing them with that initial information, we kind of helped to to start those conversations and and set us up on the right track. When we enter a classroom, 
the first thing that we do is make introductions. So we introduce ourselves, what our role is as prevention specialists, and a little bit about what that means. We also then set out some guidelines uh, for expectations in the space that we're going to be respectful and we're going to raise hands. Um, and we're going to remember that everybody is bringing in different experiences and history with relationships and with setting boundaries. Um, and that it's really important to be remembering that as we're having these conversations. And then we end, we start the conversation and we end the conversation with ways they can get support. So we kind of sandwich the whole conversation, making sure that they know there are resources available to them if big feelings come up, if they have questions or concerns that they have support within the school with their counselors. And they also have resources at KSARC if they want to call our resource line or check in with us at the start or end of the sessions, they are support. All right. So with just a little bit of the time that we have left, um, I would like to hear just sort of a mile high view about how your experience has been so far this year. I mean, I know that the lessons we have developed are developmentally appropriate uh, for the age of the students we're working with. But from your experience, what experiences have you had with students where that developmental range is visible. I mean, I think a lot of people may not think that there's a big difference between sixth graders and eighth graders, but there is a huge difference between sixth and eighth graders. How did you see that developmental stage play out around these lessons? Definitely is a big difference between sixth and eighth graders. So the way that our lessons played out was we were in Risden for three weeks, um, and two days each week. In sixth grade, there was much more binary thinking, if that makes sense. So everybody saw things in a kind of black and white way. Uh, when we were asking questions, they had yes or no. They were much more participatory, we'll say, than any of the other grades, uh, possibly um, I won't, I won't say to a fault, but it sometimes got off track, um, which was great, honestly, in most of the senses, because they always had answers and stories and things to share. And that was not the case as much with seventh and eighth graders. I think we noticed the contrast hugely between sixth and seventh grade, because when we showed up for the second week, we had to shift, I think, our own thinking and behaving in the classroom to recognize, okay, we need to engage them in a different way. They won't be as participatory as the sixth graders were, or maybe they will, but they just need questions to be asked differently or a little more time to think about it than the sixth graders did. So we were constantly adjusting to the students that we were with. Also with that binary thinking that the sixth graders had, the seventh and especially eighth graders had much more nuanced responses and thoughts uh, about what we were talking about, which makes total sense developmentally, they were able to have abstract thinking a little bit more, um, which was really interesting and led to much different conversation when we talked to eighth graders who thought more on a spectrum when we were talking about relationships and saw things in a bit of a different way. The other piece that was really helpful in planning our lessons is that we were in Risen at the end of last year. Um, and so we are seeing the sixth and seventh graders that we interacted with last year as seventh and eighth graders. Um, and I think we did kind of notice some of those characteristics in the students last year that we again saw this year. Um, and so we were able to kind of tailor our curriculum to these differences between the ages and and how we can 
relate the information to them in the way that's going to make the most sense to them. I think a good example of that is when we talk about boundaries and having boundaries and setting boundaries and and understanding when boundaries are crossed in the relationships in our lives, it was very easy to relate that to siblings or family members living in your home. That always got a very big response from them if we would ask, hey, does anybody have any siblings? Have you ever felt that they have crossed boundaries in your life? And they're like, yes, definitely. That is a great example of of boundary crossing and, and also how to communicate boundaries and how to practice communicating boundaries with the people in our lives. And then as we got to seventh and eighth grade, eighth grade specifically, it was easier to transition into talking about um, boundary setting and boundary crossing with non-familial relationships in our lives. So friendships, romantic relationships potentially are friends' romantic relationships that we're seeing and how to identify when your friends' boundaries are being crossed and how do you have that conversation with them about, you know, respect in the relationships in their lives. And so I think that thankfully we had a little bit of, of prior knowledge to some of these developmental differences. And we were definitely able to apply that to the curriculum this last year. Well, this sounds super exciting. I'm really excited hearing about all of your experiences in these classrooms. Well, that's about it for us today. I hope you enjoyed your time with us and I hope you will consider uh, connecting with us, linking to us uh, with our next episode. Until next time, stay curious, be kind, and take care. To find out more about the services offered and to stay up to date on everything that prevention is doing, check us out online at ksarc.org. That's K-C-S-A-R-C.org. This podcast was funded in part by a grant awarded by the Department of Justice. Points of view in this podcast are those of the author and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of the Department of Justice. Grants funded are administered by the Office of Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention under the Public Safety Unit at the Washington State Department of Commerce.